Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut, November 2nd edition, this lovely Election Tuesday. Which reminds me, I got to go cast my ballot later today for the Republican mayor of New York City. The big race that everybody is focusing in on, of course, is McAuliffe versus Youngkin. McAuliffe stumbling toward the very end with more CRT and weird left-wing racial demagoguery. We'll get into that coming up here in a moment. You've also got Joe Manchin blocking the infrastructure slash spending slash Biden agenda situation. How much of a problem is this going to be for Democrats? The climate summit. Leo took commercial, took a commercial flight. Whoa. I wonder if you brought one of his 22 year old Victoria's Secret models with him. And we've got more on COVID, the situation of the FDNY, the NYPD, and the cops, firefighters who are out right now of their jobs on unpaid leave. So, I mean, obviously, we got a stacked show. That much goes without saying, although I suppose I just said it. Come to that in a second. When running a business, HR issues can kill you. You got wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, and HR salaries uh, for managers aren't cheap. An average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for small business. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just $99 a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or real-time chat. From onboarding determinations that customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just $99 a month. Month to month, no hidden fees. Cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. Go to Bambi.com slash buck right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi, B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash buck. Bambi.com slash buck. Youngkin is going to win. I feel it in my bones. I feel it in my toes. And then I forget the rest of the lyrics. That's from the uh, uh, Love Actually song the old British guy sings. I don't know if anybody remembers this. Probably not. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. No? Nothing? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I agree. But I do feel it in those places that Youngkin is going to win this election. And I will make fun of myself tomorrow on the podcast if I'm wrong which is a very real possibility because it is going to be a razor-thin margin. That, I think, all the polls are showing. I am quite confident that is going to happen. So uh, I'm speaking to you now with extreme confidence about my prediction and will uh, deride myself with all due mockery if I'm not correct on this one. Because political predictions, it's hard. It's hard out there. Political predictions, not easy. So uh, here's what I see going on. Um the entire Democrat Party is watching this thing and in a little bit of freakout mode because there's already a momentum right now. There's a trajectory down into the seventh circle of political hell for Democrats. Not quite the ninth circle, but, you know, we're getting into circle seven here. It's not good. Joe Biden's poll numbers are dropping all over the place on critical issues. The Democrats don't look like they know. Now, see, people get mad at me. They know what they're doing, Buck. They're ruining the country. They don't know what they're doing when it comes to the promises they made that sound like they would be good for the country, comma. They do know what they're doing when it comes to, say, creating a de facto open border 
or, uh, you know, the defund the police, anti-police mantra and the violence that's happened in the cities. I mean, that there are consequences of some of their decisions that are bad that they wanted. But I don't think they really wanted inflation to go up. They're just economic illiterates, right? They, they don't want some of these things to happen that will be so challenging for them politically, at least not yet, because they can bear the consequences of it. Uh, here, I mean, here, for example, we got Biden who's out there doing the usual. It's not a big deal. And we all know that that's not. I mean, first of all, it's gibberish because it's Joe Biden. Where my pants? Need a blanket for my knees? I need some applesauce. Applesauce tastes good like a little cinnamon. No joke. Not a joke, friends. A little cinnamon in my applesauce. This is what we got. This is who we're dealing with as the president of the United States. I know. It's amazing to me, too, but it is the reality we're all going through. Democrats don't have anything to point to that's particularly good or uh, impressive. That we all know. And Terry McAuliffe is in a pathetic state in the end here. Terry McAuliffe is doing very poorly in the last moments of this race. Remember, he's had billionaires. Oh, by the way, you go to BuckSexon.com. I write out my prediction at BuckSexon.com about how Virginia is where it all falls apart for Democrats. So go check that out now. Please click on it. Check out the page. Um yeah, I wrote it. Right, I wrote an editorial there. I mean to do that weekly. I just I got a million things. I talk about the time piranhas these days. I just got the time piranhas are eating me all the time, and I'm also I've been sick for days. And you know, boohoo me. Anyway, McAuliffe is doing a terrible job here at the end, and here he is, for example, really stepping in it because he just says straight up that this is the usual left wing pseudo, uh, you know, self. I don't know, self-recognition of privilege or something. It doesn't make any sense, but they like to do this thing of, oh, we understand as white Democrats that there are just isn't enough you know, racial equity in different systems. And so they pretend like they're going to change this. Of course, they're not. Here's McAuliffe straight up. I mean, he's saying it. You can hear him saying that Virginia has too many white teachers. And I promise you, we've got to diversify our teacher base here in Virginia. 50 percent. 50% of the students at Virginia schools, K-12, 50% are students of color, and yet 80% of the teachers are white. We all know what we have to do in a school to make everybody feel comfortable in school. So let's diversify. So here's what I'm going to do. We'll be the first state in America. If you'll teach for five years here in Virginia in a high-demand area, that it be geographic or coursework, we will pay room, board, and tuition at any college any university, any HBCU here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. 50% of the students of Virginia schools are students of color. 80% of the teachers are white. That's a problem. Why? Why? Does it need to be 80%, 80% or 50%, 50% or, you know, what, 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 how, that's called the quota. And actually, legally, that becomes a problem. So what the Democrats want is the ability to push for a quota without actually saying that's what they're doing or, or to get the outcome of a quota without calling it a quota. This is what they do with affirmative action. This is what they do with any number of race-based programs across the country. Very interesting that Ibram X. Kendi put out a tweet, which has now been deleted because everyone ridiculed them for it, saying that there were a number, that there was a study of a lot of white students who pretended to be minorities, particularly Native American, to get into colleges. Guess what? When they pretend to be Native American, you know what the chances they get into college? 75%. And you'd say, well, why didn't 100% get in? Probably because 
the admissions committee may have been able to figure out this isn't really someone who's Native American. That might explain the 25 percent, which or at least most of the 25 percent, which means you pretend to be Native American instead of white and you get into the college of your dreams, which can change the outcome uh, of your life. Right. Can change your professional trajectory. And Ibram X. Kendi, who, of course, has just been pushing for racial Marxism, and that's his entire existence is to push for CRT, racial Marxism, pointed this out to show, look at these, you know, bad white people who are exploiting the system. And then people pointed out, yeah, but the system shows you that actually being white applying to college is a disadvantage, that minorities have special privileges when it comes to this. Not Asian minorities, though. Black, Latino, Native American minorities have an advantage applying to college. Just a fact. Facts, friends. It's reality. So he had to delete that, of course, because hold on. You mean there's a racial entitlement state that exists in this country for some non-white minorities? Yes, there is. You mean that it's not actually merit-based in the admissions process? Yes. And by the way, that extends beyond, of course, just racial preferences in admission, but there are others as well. And uh, this is if we're going to speak honestly about this, we should. We should speak honestly about it across the board. Why is it a problem that there are so many uh, white teachers in schools? Don't we just want the best teachers? Do students really not learn as well if the teacher is not of their same skin color? So then if it what is the appropriate number? If it's 50 percent minorities, but 80 percent white teachers, what's the appropriate number? Oh, we want quotas. Terry McAuliffe plays these race games because this is what the Democrat Party is built on now. Uh, They have the elites pandering to the masses who are dependent on government and using frameworks of discussion like racial Marxism in order to do so. Terry McAuliffe sends his children to private school. Isn't that interesting? He sends his kids to the Potomac School in Maryland. The Potomac School costs about $40,000 a year, which seems so weird to me because he loves the public school system as it is in Virginia, defends it at every turn, says they don't teach critical race theory. But why isn't the public school system good enough for his kids? You mean he's a phony? He's a fraud. Of course he is. He always has been. But he's got to play this it's racism game till the very end if he's going to try to pull this out. Here he is saying the CRT fight is a racist dog whistle. What bothers me to my core is what this man is doing. He's dividing parents against parents. Parents against school boards. He's using your children as political pawns in his campaign. It is a racist dog whistle. Folks, we are better than that. Yes, we, are. we will not have that hatred here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. In the Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah, actually, um, you're lying. You're lying. Be clear about that. Yeah. Okay. They, they, that's not actually what is going on here. It's not a racist dog whistle. And CRT is being taught in schools. But this is all they've got. Trump racism, the January insurrection. Oh, this is all they've got. They've no, they've no positive agenda. There's no moderate agenda. That's for sure for Democrats. There's a left-wing agenda that they try to hide and they try to ram through the moment they fooled enough people into thinking they have a moderate agenda. That's the situation you see playing out here. So... They, they, this is also why you may have seen if you are like me and you're politically you know, obsessed with the political news cycle because you have to be for your job. They had all these journalists that took a photo at a, at a Yunkin rally and the guy and there was a guy who happened to have a very newly sewn on the back of his jacket, very prominent Confederate flag that just happened to appear in all of these photos in the immediate foreground, very prominently in front of the Yunkin rally. 
Oh, you mean after the Tiki Torch false flag last week, they're doing more stuff with Confederate flag? Yeah, of course they are. They're disgusting, folks. Democrats, there's no honor. There's no integrity with these leftists. They'll do whatever they can to win. They don't care. They could care less. You know it. I know it. It is just the reality of it. So, yeah, McAuliffe is an absolute worst. I mean, how can anyone feel good about voting for Terry McAuliffe? I mean, what a snake. What a gross, slimy individual he is. You know, oh, yeah, he cares so much about the poor. And this guy's, first of all, he's a multi-multi-millionaire himself, sends his kids to very fancy schools, uh, schools that are, I can tell you right now, overwhelmingly white and rich. So he's not, oh, Mr. Diversity and, oh, it's a racist dog whistle. He sends his kids to the richest, whitest school he possibly can. That's Terry McAuliffe. But then he goes out and he tells the black community in Virginia and Latino community in Virginia, oh, but the Republicans are so racist because they don't want critical race theory being taught in schools. Really? It's the, the usual nonsense from Democrats. So, so disingenuous, so hypocritical, but that's who they are. I love my pillow products. I really do. They're amazing. I've got Giza Dream sheets, my pillows, my slippers, my towels, all this stuff at home. I mean, it's you know my whole day to day. It's like uh, one big shrine to my pillow because they're amazing products. I love them. You'll love them too. You gotta check them out. Go to mypillow.com right now. Click on the radio listener special square. You'll see rotational offers up to sixty six percent off products like their pillows, the mattress topper, and the Giza sheets. But also new products like their slippers, weighted blankets. I want to get one of those. Robes, waffle blankets, and more. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Enter promo code BUCK for these great radio specials. Again, go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square. Make sure you use that promo code BUCK to get the discount. And also tell folks you heard about this on the Buck Sexton show. Joe Manchin. Um Standing athwart the Democrat madness on the spending, even though he's a Democrat, although who knows how long that will last. Here he is saying uh, he's not going to let them get away with playing the games. The uh, Bernie Sandernistas tying all this stuff together doesn't have to be. Play five, if you would. I've friend. worked in good faith for three months. For the past three months with President Biden, Leader Schumer, Speaker Pelosi and my colleagues on the reconciliation bill. And I will continue to do so for the sake of the country. I urge the House to vote and pass the bipartisan infrastructure bill. Holding this bill hostage is not going to work in getting my support for reconciliation bill. Throughout the last three months, I've been straightforward about my concerns that I will not support a reconciliation package that expands social programs and irresponsibly adds to our $29 trillion in national debt that no one seems to really care about or even talk about. He's right. He's right. I mean, they, they can complain. They like, oh, the Biden agenda and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, he's right. He's correct. What he's saying is true. And also, why is infrastructure tied to this other thing? Why is one bill about one issue or a, a whole range of issues all of a sudden directly tied to another bill with a very different range of issues? Well, it's because they're trying to muddy the waters and avoid accountability for the people that are pushing the Marxist garbage. That's the point, right? Or the massive expansion of the welfare state and the enormous indebtedness that will come along with it. And Manchin is saying as much. He just says, look, uh, we're going to have, there's no reason for these games. Let's pass infrastructure and then let's figure this other thing out. Here we go. I'm not going to negotiate in public on this because I've been dealing in good faith and I will continue to deal in good faith with all of my colleagues on both sides. It's time to pass the bill and quit playing games. Pass the bill, right? Well, 
They want to have a massive bill. He's not going along with quite so massive a bill, but it's really hard to get excited about any of this when you look at it and you understand that, oh, we're spending too much money regardless. It's not like this is fiscal restraint. This is fiscal insanity regardless of the final outcome. That's where we currently are. So I, I wish it were otherwise, friends, but that is, uh, that is the uh, circumstance in which we find ourselves. Climate Change Summit. Uh, it is not possible to be a well-adjusted adult of good judgment and worship the child prophet Greta Thunberg on climate. I mean, it's, it's embarrassing. Adults who listen to this very odd, ignorant 18-year-old girl should feel uh, pangs of, of doubt about their own ability to think through things, and it's, it's crazy. Plus, remember, they've been listening to her since she was 16. She came on the global stage. She was, how dare you? How, how dare you? And if we want to get a sense of, remember that one? She looked all like serious. She's like, you have stolen my dreams and ripped my childhood from my future. And all these par- all these adults are like, oh, my gosh, she's right. We have to, I have to, I have to ride the bicycle more. Or the climate change will kill us all. I mean, these people are, out of, it's, it's, it's sad, really. But they're the same people that mask alone in a car because I take the virus seriously. Here is uh, Greta Thunberg outside the U.N. Climate Summit, the COP26 Climate of Parties Summit. And this is the the gives you a sense of the intellectual heft we're dealing with here with their argument. We say no more blah, blah, blah. No more exploitation of people and nature and the planet. No more exploitation. No more blah, blah, blah. No more whatever they're doing inside there. We're sick and tired of it, and we're going to make the change, whether they like it or not. No more blah, blah, blah. The blah, blah, blah must stop, yada, 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 etc., etc. Someone put an end to the blah, blah, blah. This girl is treated, woman, young woman now. She's an adult. Oh, they can't pull the, you can't, man, you can't criticize her. She's a kid. Nope, she's an adult. Sorry. That's what they were doing before. Oh, you can't criticize her because she's a child. Why are you listening to her then, you idiots? Well, we all know why, because they're idiots. But uh, this, this woman is treated with, she has, like, fans all over the world. She, she goes around, she gives speeches. She doesn't write the speeches, doesn't know anything. Doesn't know anything. I mean, honestly, this would be like having a, you know, a, a, an eight-year-old walk around and start, you know, preaching the gospel, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this eight-year-old is, like, really in-depth on my religion. You know, I mean, this is crazy. This is, there, there are some limits, friends, that we do have to have some intellectual honesty, right? This is absolutely nuts. But at CNN, they treat her like a hero. At MSNBC, they think she's the little child prophet. It, it's absurd beyond words. And remember, this is not just some fringe thing. The Biden White House is all about this. They buy into all this stuff, too. They think little, little Greta Thunberg, very odd Greta Thunberg, is uh, some kind of a, a hero as well. Here's the White House climate advisor, the climate czar. I like when we call them czars. It's like mocking, but also a reminder of how absurd and overwhelming the Soviet-style state in the federal bureaucracy has gotten. But here is the White House advisor on the Climate Change Summit. 
President Biden is on fire domestically. He has put a $555 billion package together, and he's going to move that through Congress. The Democrats are going to make this happen, and we're tremendously excited about how that doesn't just address our back in action on climate, but it does it in a way that's mm -hmm. going to grow thousands of good paying jobs and really spark our economy as we move out of this pandemic to really capture the future. So we, we couldn't be more excited. And I'm, I'm so grateful for President Biden for working so hard to get us back in. I can I just say a plus Boston accent there from Gina McCarthy working so hard to get us back into our cars, which will be electric because we don't want, you know, all the all the CO2 in the air. That was amazing. Working hard in Harvard Yard. It's great. It's great. Anyway, that's the best part about what she says. But, I mean, this is this is all insane, friends. I lose zero sleep. There are some issues where we can all agree there are problems, right? COVID, huge problem. How do we deal with it? That's the debate. Uh, spending, the economy, very important, big concern. Real. How do we deal with it? Climate change, not a problem at all. Don't need to deal with it. Not an issue. We are naturally, through technology and the markets, decarbonizing. We have always been decarbonizing because of the efficiency of less carbon-intensive methods of providing energy sources. You'd say, oh, Buck, but well, yeah, well, we haven't yet made the full transition over. But if you look, we, it was much more coal-based, and then it was much more oil-based, and now it's much more natural gas-based, right? Our energy sources are evolving over time. But to do this great leap forward into Green New Deal madness is completely bonkers and totally unnecessary. There's no reason for it. That's that's what's so crazy to me about this. But it's a religion. This is a this is the religion of globalism. And this wants to be an entryway into global Marxism. And it's also a giant waste of, of time. I mean, it's just an excuse to have a party where people who are able to fly in private jets feel really important about themselves. That's what's actually happening. Because China's not going to do any of this stuff. Oh, yeah, China's like, we're going to make ourselves poorer as a country because you guys can't sleep at night because of climate. You don't want to have children because I can't bring them into this world of climate disaster. I mean, people actually say stuff like that. It's embarrassing. It's sad, but it's true. Just a quick update here on the uh, New York City firefighters. They're posting pics and uh, telling everybody about what it's like to be ordered home because the Biden vaccine mandate and de Blasio enforcing it uh, at, at the local level. Uh, so they're slamming the mayor. This is all Daily Mail for a rush process. They closed 18 fire companies and supporters actually were targeting Kamala Harris at a Carnegie Hall event for Al Sharpton. So there's some people who are speaking out against this. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm hearing that they think they can backfill. And, you know, with fire, for example, their first responders. Yeah, but there aren't that many big fires. So if they can backfill this, they're they're going to do it there. I don't I don't think the city blinks on this one. Uh, well, maybe I'm wrong. NYPD side might be a little bit different. FDNY side, I don't know. Sanitation side, we'll see. Uh, but right now, I'm telling you, they're they're trying to take this all the way. They want to take this to the mat, and because if if police uh, if police like uh, the NYPD guys who don't want this vaccine mandate, if they bend the knee, then there's no chance anybody else isn't going to bend the knee. That's going to be the the end of it. Oh, here's the Unified Firefighters Association president, Andrew Ansborough, making very clear they're not anti-vaccine. They're anti-mandate. Uh, if we could play uh, 14. 
You know, there are people that claim that we're anti-vaccine. I was vaccinated the first day, and I educated my members to the best of my ability as to the vaccine. But from the very beginning, there were a lot of my members that felt they didn't need it because they were already uh, infected previously. Now, what came out of Cook County today does bring us hope. Uh, we do. Uh, we are counting on the lawsuits here. We're not anti-vaccine. We're anti-mandate. Mandate. And we just want our day in court. Eight, eight days, eight days to go from, I'm sorry, nine days to go from the announcement to compliance doesn't give you enough time to have your day in court. We just want our day in court. They want their due process before they're forced to get the shot. That seems pretty reasonable, doesn't it? Meanwhile, up in Chicago, a Cook County judge has suspended the requirement that all Chicago police officers be vaccinated by the end of the year. It's a major legal victory for Chicago's police unions, is the AP uh, headline on that one. So there are places where there's uh, pushback still has hope. We'll continue to follow it here. Tomorrow I'll have their results, uh, unless, of course, they shut down the counting centers because people get tired or, and all of a sudden the mail-in ballots come in at, and they're all from a call Anyway, we'll see what ends up happening with that, uh, but I'll update you tomorrow on where we are with the big race in Virginia. Uh, thanks for being here. Remember, please go support me at Um It's a way we kind of keep the secondary projects of all things Freedom Hut going. So please become a supporter if you can. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. I get literally get a note every time someone becomes a supporter. I get an email from that person saying, this so-and-so is a supporter. So it's really nice, like a high five, you know, it's a couple of bucks. Go for it. And uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Shields high.